Shawty, what's up with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This little mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Alrighty, folks, we're back with another episode of the Lubcast. If you loved that intro music as much as I did, it was made by my good friend Tavio. Um, you can follow him on Spotify and SoundCloud at I'm Tav. That is I M T A V on Spotify and SoundCloud, and at Dam Tav on Instagram. That is D A M N T A V on Instagram. Uh, the links to those accounts will be in the description as well, so if you like great music like that intro song we just played for you, then check out the extremely talented Tavio. Um, yeah, I'm here with Jordan Feig as always. We're reacting to a very tumultuous uh, offseason so far in the NBA, and yeah, so we're just going to get right into it. The first trade is this uh, Rudy Gobert trade. Um, the full terms of the trade are, it's basically... It's like, what, a nine-for-one trade? It's like four first-round picks. Three of them are unprotected. Um, and then Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Malik Beasley, and Leandro Balmaro. Oh, and then Walker Kessler. So, I mean, this is a crazy trade. What do you guys think? Uh, do you like this trade for the Jazz? Do you like it for the Timberwolves? And how do you think this works for both teams? Well, I definitely like it for the Jazz. They yeah. had to get Rudy. Um, I've said before, the Rudy and Donovan stuff just wasn't working. They they weren't going anywhere with it, so they had to get rid of Rudy, I thought, this offseason. And they did four first-rounders, um, some good young players. I think great move for the Jazz. In terms of the Timberwolves, it's definitely an interesting move. I think it makes them better. Uh, I just don't know how much better. I don't know if it, it'll end up being worth it. I still think they're a piece of away from contending and I don't know if they're going to be able to get that piece, but I think they're going to be really good in the regular season and they have a chance to make a playoff push. I just, I don't see this team like being a legitimate threat for the championship, but it's not a bad trade by any means. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a bad trade. It doesn't really like put them over the top um, or like it, it honestly, they kind of, they, I guess in a way, like, I'm not a huge fan of it just because they're kind of, like, handicapped now because you're not going to be able to add another, like, if, yeah, you say they're a piece away, but, like, there's only so much money. Like, they're paying D'Lo. They're going to have to pay Ant. Like, they're paying Cat and they're paying um, Rudy. So it's, like, now their bench is crushed. Now, and then when you face teams, like, who are you going up against in the West? You're going up against guys at the Clippers and – um, the Warriors teams that can space you out and they're just going to like completely dominate cat, like playing the four. Yeah, this is a, uh, <clears throat> for the jazz. I think this is a, well, it's actually a classic, uh, trader Danny move. He just, he completely fleeced another team. Um, similar. He's fleeced Minnesota before that he's fleeced them for Kevin Garnett back in the day with the Celtics. Um, and he's at it again. He just, he got a ton of, um, first round picks and it's clear that the Jazz are going to rebuild and it seems like they're probably going to tank for uh, Victor Wembanyama coming up in the next draft and even if they don't get the first overall pick the the consensus is that um, this upcoming draft is stacked with talent so wherever they land as long as it's like top couple picks uh, they should be in good shape well or so like that's going along with their plan um, for the Timberwolves, this is a little weird just because, like you said, Fyke, they got a they got rid of a ton of their depth, which they needed. Um, Jared Vanderbilt was a big player for them, and I, they're certainly going to miss him. This brings up a little bit of a point that I wanted to uh, ask you guys about. What? How do you guys think that Cat uh, and Gobert are going to play together? How do you, what do you think that's going to look like? Yeah, I was going to bring up the same point. I think. Like I said, during the regular season, I think they'll be just fine because yeah. teams aren't going to game plan for it. They're not going to – it's just different um, in the regular, regular season, the way teams play. I think they're, they'll be fine. But when it comes playoff time, like Rudy and Cat are going to be hunted like yeah. at every chance they can. And, I mean, the spacing on offense, I don't know how it's going to work. I know Cat can shoot, but he's also very good in the paint, and Rudy's a just a 
grade a paint clogger so yeah i don't i don't love the fit but i also don't hate it because cat seems like he's a decent uh perimeter defender at least for his size and they they desperately needed interior defense so i think they'll obviously get better on defense and the offense i don't know maybe stays the same well it's weird because they almost in order for them to win this trade and for Rudy to be optimized at the position, I would just, I would say that they almost need him to be like a net zero on offense and then just yeah. be full defense, which is strange. But Cat um, is basically a negative on defense. So the idealistic view is that, you know, Gobert can come in and handle uh, – it's going to be like a yin-yang. Like he's going to take care of the defense for Cat, and Cat will take care of the offense for him. Um, like you said, there is a lot of issues with that spacing on offense and on defense because now um, – before teams could hunt the switch for cat on the pick and roll offensively, but now they can hunt cat or Gobert. Both of them are really poor um, three point defenders. Like in terms of when a guy gets some speed on them, like they can't keep the quick guy in front of them and they usually get beat off the um, three point line and they're just better in the paint defensively. So it is going to, that's going to be like the biggest game plan. Hopefully, they're going to need Anthony Edwards to switch on everything, sort of like what the Celtics did. They're just going to need to rely on their athletes and have those guys switch everything. They can't have a switch on to Gobert or Cat because it's just going to be easy points every time. Uh, Fag, did you have something on that? No, I just I don't I just don't. The only reason why I'm just like it'll just be such a weird fit. It just feels like it's like this is like a team that's like instructed like the 1990s. Like yeah, you have your rim protector like cat like it was just stretch four so it's a little different but like i don't know i don't understand how rudy hasn't been phased out of the mm-hmm. game like similar to guys like dwight howard andre drummond like guys like that like they're essentially like really similar players like that rim protector i just don't understand why rudy's the last one and he's i understand he's this great defender but like he's a liability as as much as rudy gets hate He's still an elite defender and or an elite rim protector at the very least, better than those guys were. And that's why I think he gets he still has a home in the NBA. But you're definitely right. The way that the game is going, um, you really want players that can guard all five positions, as crazy as that sounds, like or at least multiple positions. And Rudy's real bread and butter is the is the paint and the four and the fives and just cleaning up the paint. So I don't know. Um, if he ends up getting phased out of the NBA, hopefully he can make some adjustments to his game and not have to get phased out of the NBA. But yeah, there, this could be um, a big, you know, this could be a poor trade for Minnesota in the long run if they, you know, whiffed on Rudy and then they gave up a lot of their future. So I know they're trying to win now, so I respect the move. But yeah, this could be a, a real issue. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about on this trade? I think we covered most of it. Is there anything else? Yeah, I would just say I don't, I don't think Rudy will get phased out of the league as long as he is this good of a interior defender. Because mm-hmm. I just like there is, I believe there is a right fit for him in the league, and he can be a a huge impact player for certain teams. It just has to be the right fit, and we'll see if this is it. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully it is. Because I mean, I, I I mean like I don't know how what the market's gonna look like for him if he doesn't fit in here um, in Minnesota. So. Yeah, um, other notable signings. We had Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. Um, Fag, I know you had some thoughts on that. Do you want to get into that? Um, I just think, like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, such an overpay. Like, he's only making – I think he's making in between, like, what Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley are making. Yeah, it's a four-year 104. Yeah, I think we can all say that we would take Brunson over those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more of a, like – like, the Knicks are trying to add pieces for the future, like slowly build it up. Um, so, you know, you know, I think one of the things too, they're trying to like, and I think it's always important with the team, bringing like high character guys, like good work ethic guys, but he was also always just destined to go to the Knicks. I was reading a backstory about how his dad, like there was some relationship with the Knicks he had had, cause he was also a former player. And then his agent, like there was a whole tree of things. Yeah, so he was dad, always going to go to the Knicks. Yeah. His dad's on the coaching staff there now and um when he was a player they had that relationship and then his dad's uh agent is is either on the staff or is like uh brunson's agent as well but like yeah like a lot of the knicks infrastructure was it seemed tailor-made for brunson at this point so i agree like it wasn't a shock that he's going there it was out 
like three days before he even went that he was going there. Um, I agree that it wasn't a bad number for him. And I mean, it makes an interesting uh, lineup of like, I mean, with Julius Randle, RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson, at least they have like, at least the Knicks have a piece now. Like we know that he can be a really good player on a conference championship team, which we saw um, him do with Dallas. So we, we know that they have a player and they have an asset and I'm always pro asset. So I don't think it's a bad move for the Knicks. One of the, one of the better moves they made in a while. Jordan, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad move. I just, I, I can't see Brunson being your, like your Robin or your second best player yeah. at this point. And I mean, I don't know if that's what he's getting paid. Like, I don't know the exact contracts and in, in the cap space they have. Um, but let's say, in, you know, in the future, the Knicks add a superstar. Is this enough? Like with, with that added, you know, top 10 player, are they going to be good enough with Brunson and RJ um, to contend? Cause I think that's what they're hoping for is, is to have Brunson and this supporting cast just need that, that one more guy to get him over the top. Um, and I don't know if it'll be that, but we'll see. I, I do think it's a completely fine move and a fine contract. So, and at least the Knicks are fun now. Yeah. And I think one of the things you'll see, um, I think Randall will end up getting moved eventually, yeah. whether it be a trade deadline or next off season, because I think next off season, like, this wasn't really a great off season for free agent purposes. Next off season, I think a lot more guys come off the books. So it'll be much more interesting. Um, and also too, I think one of the things the Knicks are kind of banking on a little bit is like another progression for RJ Barrett. Mm. Um, I think they ideally would want him to be the two and then Brunson's the three and then they bring in like a superstar guy. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think you, uh, you're right about that for sure. I think they, believe in um rj and i i believe in him too i really hope he makes that jump because i like what he can be and i if he makes that jump he actually fits in really nicely with jalen brunson um you definitely do need to get rid of julius randall when uh jordan and i rebuilt the knicks that was kind of one of the first things we did was get rid of julius randall at this point he he's out of love with the uh the the city they don't like him there he doesn't seem to really like them back he was like yelling at them in the game and stuff the fans and all that so i just don't think you can salvage that relationship i would i think it's time for him to go which is easier said than done because he's not a very tradable player or contract right now um so just want to go through some more free agent signings uh bradley beal five year 251 we said that's a very high contract um i don't know i know i understand what the wizards are doing in keeping him but that's just going to be i don't i don't think that's going to be a good idea i think he's going to opt out or ask for a trade um in the next season probably after signing this deal and then it's he's going to be hard to trade uh with that contract and then um and for me simons got a four-year hundred million dollar contract from the trailblazers i thought that was pretty expensive but i mean a pretty good signing he's a good player did you guys have any thoughts on that He's also really young, so yeah. like you know, here I think his best years are ahead of him. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, that's a. I think that's a really good signing. Like you, that's just what you have to pay. Like, how old is he? Like, what twenty? Twenty two or three, something. Four? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, already been in the league like three years because he was like the youngest. Yeah. Like these guys, years. like dude, these guys in the league, like you don't realize, like. Yeah. You think someone's like a seasoned veteran? They're like twenty nine. Yeah, well, Poole's like, like Jordan Poole's like 22, 23, and he's already a champ, and he looks really good, and you forget about how young he is. Yeah, like, dude, it's, like, crazy. Like, I've done this with other people, like, like Kyle Kuz, just, like, I'm just throwing a name out, like, Kyle Kuz, about, like, like, wow, he's been around for forever. He's, like, 28. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Definitely like he's been around for 15 years, but, yeah. No, like, I was just saying, like, yeah, I mean, dude, he's 22. Like, you get him through his age 23 to 26 season or 27 or whatever it is. Um yeah, I think it's a great signing. Yeah, I yeah. think Steins is a great signing too. And then real quick on the Beal thing, I just don't love that move if I'm the Wizards. I don't know what direction they're trying to go on. I would have tried to work out some sort of sign and trade. Obviously, if you're Bradley Beal, like you, you take the money. That's life-changing money. Um, but for the Wizards, I just I don't understand. They're they can't win um like the way things are going. So yeah, they're stuck well, in like hell base or not even hell it's like purgatory which is worse because they keep getting these like middle uh level picks that are like pick 11 pick 
yeah. 13, stuff like that. Very, very low hit rate on those picks. And then you're just kind of stuck. You never have enough money on the books. They're kind of a dumping ground for bad salaries with Chris stops and everything. Uh, they're just going to be in a tough situation for a while. Uh, I think one thing too, also, and I wouldn't necessarily look at it like, you know, like poor signing by the wizards or just like, you know, something like that, like a white deal, choose them. Like, he was always gonna. He was always going to go back to the Wizards, and from everything I've read, it's likely that if he were to get traded, it will be after this season. Um, just because, like, Beal's not gonna want to go to another team because he's gonna not get that extra year. So it's kind of like the the Wizards are just retaining an asset, and obviously it's expensive, but with intentions of moving them down the line. Yeah. Um, other signings I just wanted to talk about real quick. We don't have to go too much into depth on them, but Lou Dort got paid five years, 87.5 mil from the Thunder. Um, he's gotten better every year. Not a, Still needs to work on some scoring, but he's a great, great player. Um, he, they overpaid for him a little bit, but like you said, that's, gonna, that's kind of what the NBA has to start doing now, start overpaying their younger players to get them to stay and keep them while they're in their primes. Uh, Feig? I just want to touch on just one thing, like, some when you look at like some of these bad teams too, like they will be giving out bigger contracts just because yeah. they need to meet meet that minimum. Mm. And it's not like the Thunder or if they choose to move in a, a position where they want to win, like these are still like quality players mm. um, that maybe they quote unquote are overpaying for. Like that's why Shea Gill just got a supermax. Yeah. Like like so that I just wanted to throw that just for the viewers, just so they understand that's like the contract, the salary cap in the NBA. Yeah, that's why you see like Gary Harris also got paid um, out of Orlando. He signed. I don't. I, I don't know where it is off the top of my head, but it was a. It was like an eye popping number. Um, and then yeah, they also had um, Mo Bamba return to the Magic for on two year twenty one million. That's an interesting move, just because they're like buried. They were he was buried on their rotation, so um, it's interesting that he returned to the Magic. I thought he would be leaving, and then PJ Tucker. He he got a crazy contract, three years, thirty-three million. I thought that was, I mean, they're just paying for James Harden's and uh, Joel Embiid's friend. They they definitely said that they wanted PJ on the team, so I understand why they overpaid for him. But to me, three years from now, PJ Tucker could not be in the league. Like he's so old right now. I I feel like it's season by season. Um, so that was just a little bit of an interesting one. And then Marvin Bagley got a three-year, thirty-seven million from the Pistons, which. I mean, like, I don't know who they were in competition for and why they offered him such a big contract. I feel like he could have kept that at, like, a he could have even been, like, a mid-level exception guy because he was not really performing up to up to his standards at all. Oh, but good for him. He got I don't paid. know. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I just think, you know, I think they, like, three years, 37 for a guy like, like Bagley. Obviously, he's, a, like, a more traditional four, but, like, his upside's, like, through the roof. Like, I remember watching him at Duke. That guy yeah. was incredible um so like honestly i think like i would have i if you had told me you got like three for 45 i wouldn't have been surprised yeah i think i would have been surprised with that a little bit just because he fell off so hard in sacramento and granted it's sacramento it was a horrible area for him his dad was tweeting about him getting him out of there the whole time and it wasn't that great but even when he was giving a second a second opportunity in detroit he was very good but he wasn't like i don't know if he was worth that kind of money but you like you said his upside is uh, tremendous he like this is a guy like three or four years ago one of the top recruits in the nation so i understand why they're not giving up on him that quick i just don't know why um they overpaid for that but like you said with the younger or with the bad teams they need to fill out that cap and um that could that's probably what the pistons were doing there um and then yeah tyus jones returned to the grizzlies that was a little bit surprising to me i thought he might have been gone and uh we had our first defection in the Timberwolves Grizzlies um thing Kyle Anderson went from the Timberwolves or from the Grizzlies to the T-Wolves so and then yeah other than that there's not really anything too crazy um just a lot of like mid-level players that signed you know with that most it was a lot of re-signing to be honest with you there wasn't a ton of moves and then the biggest move that everyone was really talking about was uh well it was a lack of a move but um Kyrie stayed and we all expected KD to stay but he actually went and requested a trade so now KD has requested a trade, a trade and we saw Gobert get snag four first round picks. So I don't know what this package is going to look like for KD, but do you guys have any thoughts on potential KD packages or suitors? Yeah. Well, 
Kyrie did opt in, but by opt every account, out. it seems like um, he's going to get traded. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I doubt that the Nets are able to keep them together in a trade deal, but that's always possible. Um, I mean, we've talked about some of the packages before, but I just want to know if you guys think it's possible that the Nets can't find a package that they like and they just keep KD. Um, do you guys think that's a possibility? I mean, it's I entirely. It, Go ahead, Fag. Uh, I think it. I think it's possible. Like you already saw with the Suns, like yeah, um, like they wanted Devin Booker, so like they're just not going to be getting Devin Booker. Like I don't. And honestly, the thing, and I don't know if you guys saw the what the owner said about the yeah team wanting players said, that want it. I'd rather have forty wins from guys that want to be here than what they had to endure last season. So, I mean, I think there will be someone to step up. It's like, you know, both of them are, like, really talented. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I think the only way they stay together is there's one team. No. <laughs> I think it always, you know, for whatever reason, it always comes back to him. Like, you know, when the tips are on the table, King James swoops in out of nowhere. But it makes a lot of sense. Like, it really does. Like, all the players in the deal are flawed. Like, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Um, so I think even if they don't, like, obviously, I don't know how that package would look. It'd obviously be AD, Russ, and some picks, like, they don't have 2027, 2029. Like, yeah. those kids aren't even born yet, probably. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like, that. that's the only way they stay together, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I could go through every team, but, like, there's no, like, no, like, the Pistons aren't trading for them. Like, so no. they're not going to be able to stay together. Like, yeah, I mean, like, KD's stuck because he's under that contract still. There's not really – the only he would just have to have a Ben Simmons situation where he just doesn't show up would be, like, the only outcome um, if they don't trade him that, like, would get them to move the needle maybe. And even then, uh, they, they probably are just going to sit and wait until they find a trade that suits them. And my guess is that it's going to be later in the season, um, and it's probably going to be a team that we don't even think of. Uh, it's going to be one of those things, I bet, where – it's just going to be like a random disgruntled player that we're not even seeing right now. That's just going to come out of nowhere. Uh, this happens every season where there's always like a player that moves that we didn't expect to move. Uh, look um, at the start of the off season. And then in the middle of the season, they just get disgruntled and want to go. And I have a feeling that that's probably what it's going to be is that some team is going to like make uh, so one of their players is going to get upset and uh, they're going to have enough to make an offer for KD. And yeah, I mean, it just sucks to see it happen like this. And I really hope they don't go to the Lakers. That's probably like my biggest thoughts on it. Like, I just don't want him to go to the Lakers. I'd rather see him on literally every other, any other team except for the Lakers. I don't think he's going to go to Miami. I also, I thought he would go to Phoenix, but it sounds like the Nets aren't interested in DeAndre Ayton, and that's who that package would be centered around. It would be like Ayton, Cam Johnson, maybe Mikhail Bridges and some picks. Um, And yeah, it doesn't seem that the Nets are interested in Ayton. Yeah, I think it seems like the Nets are maybe trying to get too much um which sounds kind of odd because it is kevin durant uh but like teams aren't willing to give up young stars like devin booker um so i don't know the nets are gonna have to change what they're asking for a little bit and maybe shift more to a rebuild scenario rather than trying to get superstars in return and try to win now but yeah it'll be interesting going forward what do you think five well, I think another part of it, too, is, like, you know, Katie made an agreement to stay with the team. Like, he signed a contract. Like, the Nets have all the right to sift out the trade that they want, um, yeah. you know. So, it's a little – this isn't like they agreed to a sign and trade and they had something, you know. This came out of, like, kind of no – obviously, there was a lot of, you know, turmoil. But uh, I think – like, I don't really understand, like, what's going on. Like, I know Kevin Durant said he would only go to the Heat if – Harrow, Bam, and yeah. Jimmy are all there. So who are you going to give up? Like Duncan Robinson? Like, I mean, come yeah, on Lowry. now. But I think a big thing for a lot of these teams when they want to trade for Kevin Durant is I think they want like like a leader already like set into place because Katie's never been that big leader. Like with Phoenix, you have CP3. With Miami, you have Jimmy. Like some of these places, like I remember when Kawhi was signing – in free agency some teams didn't want him because they wanted to pair him with a star that was more of that leadership role 
So that, I think that's a, a big part of it that people aren't necessarily talking about. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, and also along with that too is uh, what's to stop him from requesting another trade to, from that destination that he gets traded to if he's not happy there. Um, I just think a lot of teams aren't willing to put a, put like a ton on the line uh, in terms of their future and their assets for a guy that might not want to be there and might be a rental, uh, sort of like Kawhi, which was successful for Toronto. They won a championship. So maybe we're wrong and maybe there's teams out there that want that rental and will, I mean, I would, I would at least think about it if I'm, you know, most of the teams in the NBA, it's Kevin Durant. Like you can't forget who he is. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I think um, the thing is like these teams that everyone wants KD obviously, cause it's KD, but they want to still have a roster that can contend. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the Nets are asking for so much that when KD eventually goes somewhere, the roster would just be decimated and they would have no chance of contending. So that's what like these teams trading for KD are, are kind of being hesitant for in, in my opinion is they need to have enough still to surround KD and, and to win a championship. Cause you don't want to go after KD and not, you know, be a contender and end up as a four seed and a second round exit. Mm-hmm. And I think one other thing, too, and, like, obviously, yeah, like, Katie, the player, like, really good. But, like, when's the last healthy season he played? Like, full healthy season? Like, what, 2019? 2018? No, 2019 he got – That was when he got hurt. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, he was hurt in, yeah, that season, too. So maybe, like, 2018. Like, he's always banged up. Like, he's not a body that, like, can endure a lot of hits throughout the season. And he's older. Like, he's not getting any healthier because he's getting older. So, like, there's all those factors that add up, which, you know, I, I don't really know where this is going to go. I would assume, like, the Nets are going to have to – they're going to try to trade him before the season because there's no point to hold on to him and have your assets appreciate because he's going to be a free agent. Like, they'll try to take – I think there will be a point where they sift through the offers and they take the best available offer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see him – holding out with the Nets. I see him on another team before the start of the year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking about the Celtics offseason moves, uh, so stay tuned. Hey you, are you in the southern New Hampshire area and are looking for vintage clothing, everyday essentials, shoes, and skateboards for all sizes and people? Well, have I got the place for you. The Garage, located at 9 Brad Court, Manchester, New Hampshire, has all of this and much more. Come to the Garage event pop-up on July 16th from 11 to 6 and July 17th starting at 11 to browse a diverse assortment of vintage tees, graphic tees, shoes, and much, much more. Also, the Garage will be holding a $10 entry raffle with the grand prize being a new skate deck complete with new trucks and wheels. So come on down to the Garage located at 9 Bradcourt, Manchester, New Hampshire. That is the Garage at 9 Bradcourt, Manchester, New Hampshire. You can also follow the Garage on Instagram at the Garage spelled T-H-E-E-E. G-A-R-A-G-E, no caps, no spaces. And a link to the Instagram profile will also be in the description. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, JD and I are here. We're not actually going to talk Celtics because we've been talking Celtics for a while. Hey, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking a lot of Celtics. So we got a little bored with it. Um, I think we all know that the fucking, uh, what's it called? Um, the uh, Malcolm Brogdon sign or trade was a great trade, and Danilo was a great pickup for us. So We're going to talk about our top ten players in the league. So, Jordan, let's get into it. Um, so, first of all, I think at this point everyone knows Giannis is number one. He's just, like, completely unstoppable on offense, and he's also ridiculously good on defense. I think he's the best, the most impactful defender in the league And on offense. I mean, he, he can shoot now a little bit, like, enough to the point where you can't stop Don't him. You, yeah, you have to worry about it, and he can actually make shots. Uh, after that, I have... Steph Curry, and before this year, like, I wouldn't have had Steph second, but now that he's shown he can really carry a team and and be clutch and show up in big moments, it's like, 
I can't I'm not gonna put KD over him because KD hasn't shown he can lead a team. LeBron is at that age where he's he's just lost too much of a step and you know, like he just missed the playoffs and now we see Steph go win a ring. Like I have Steph at number two. I don't know if people disagree or agree with that, but what do you think, Max? I don't know how you can disagree with it. Steph is too good. Like his shots he hits shots that no other human hits. It's not even like another player. It's another human. Like, no one else does what he does. Um, he brought a Warriors team that, like, arguably the Celtics were more talented than and better than. He brought them to a finals and they won. Um, stepped at the entire thing by himself. You can't argue that. And I just think that this cements his role as number two. And maybe when he gets older, he'll be downgraded, but... He's fucking awesome. I can't. I can't disagree with you. He's number two for me. He. I watched him beat our team, and he won the finals. So finals. He was finals MVP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to be number two. Yeah. Uh, and then number three and four is, I think, where there would be a lot of controversy. I have LeBron three and KD four, and that's more of an indictment against KD than it is praise for LeBron because. I'm not a super huge LeBron fan. I just I respect how good he is, and he hasn't lost that much athleticism where it's like he's a completely different player. Obviously, people look at his age, and they're like, well, how could LeBron possibly be this good? But he still is. He just averaged 36-8, and eight. and I know he missed the playoffs, but he had a terrible team. We know, we know for a fact LeBron can carry teams, and he can show up in big moments. He's a clutch player now. Um, and he, he wasn't always that. And with KD, it's like he's unpredictable. He can't lead a team. He has no leadership qualities. He needs someone else to be the leader of a team to 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 get guys to rally around them. And it, that that's just a big indictment against KD. Like, I can't have you above LeBron if you can't lead a team. Yeah, I mean, like, LeBron is what 790 years old like he's got he's got a million like accolades to his name um the fact that he's like windmill reverse dunking at whatever age he is just puts him above the rest um KD I'll give it to him when he's on he's the best scorer I've seen and the best offensive player I've ever seen in my life but I wasn't around for Jordan and I wasn't around for I mean, we were around for peak LeBron, but we were very young, yeah. so it was People hard. People also throw Kareem in there. Yeah, we weren't around for Kareem at all, and um, yeah, so I I'm not mad about that LeBron three KD four because, I mean, KD got shut down by the Celtics, and as much as you can say that's a homer pick, but the Celtics shut him down. I, I I you can't fucking deny it, and you know LeBron has torched the Celtics every time, and he's never really been shut down like KD was, so. I agree with that pick. That's not a bad pick at all, in my opinion. Yeah, so five and six is, I think, where Max and I come to our first disagreement. I have Joel Embiid at five and Nikola Jokic at six, and I think Max has the reverse. Uh, and this, this debate has gone around for a while since, you know, these two big men have come to, to prowess. Like, they're both so good, and it's really hard to rank them. The reason I go with Embiid is because I think he's much better on defense and I think he's more unstoppable as a scorer. Jokic is a great scorer. They they average close to the same amount of points. And Jokic is definitely the better passer. But I just think you can give Embiid the ball and, and let him carry you to the promised land. You don't have to do anything else other than just give him the ball in the post. And then on top of that, he's a much better defender than Jokic. Jokic is fine on defense, but Embiid is an absolute freak. Uh, and that's why I go with Embiid. But it's definitely a tough tough pick see I disagree on the defense like Joel he I find him getting lost very often um, more focused on the offensive side of the floor which is fine because he puts he gives his all on the offensive side I love both of these players don't get it twisted um, Jokic's passing and just his ability to stay healthy is what puts in my opinion puts him above uh, Embiid Embiid can't stay healthy and I really wish he could and I've watched a lot of games where he gets uninterested on defense and he zones out and he lets a lot of back cuts happen. And, you know, he's not as great of a defender as we may think, in my opinion. Um, and I think the stats will tell you that as well. Uh, not that Jokic is a great defender in any uh, sense of the word. He's just 
average at best, but his passing, his scoring, his ability to stay healthy, the way he plays the game, I just see him uh, getting more accolades than Jokic and being around longer in the league than Jokic, or rather than uh, Embiid, because Embiid is just so injury prone, and I'm a huge, huge fan of Embiid. I love him, even though he torches the Celtics a lot and gets into shit with us. Like He even admitted that it's not a rivalry between the Celtics and the Sixers because we beat him so bad, so I like that. I just like Embiid as a player. I want him to get an infrastructure around him that actually gives a shit about winning. Um, we saw Harden take a pay cut. Maybe that's the first steps in that. But, you know, when your big three is Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, like Maxey's a really good player, but Ben Simmons didn't want didn't to show up. So I feel bad for Embiid. And I think with a better team around him, you can hide his defensive flaws and he could take Jokic's spot. But I like what Denver did in bringing in Bruce Brown and um, just signing some people, and I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Jokic. I think he might be a little bit better um, than Embiid right now, especially because of the injuries. Yeah, I think, first of all, Denver's going to be fucking tough tonight. Like, they're yeah. going to be really good with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Yeah. And, yeah, Bruce Brown is a good signing. Um, and the injury point is fair, but I, I think when on the court, I would still rather take Embiid. Um, and then at number seven, I have Luca. I think a lot of people would have Luca higher. A lot of people think of Luca as a top five player, but when I go through it, like I can't, I I just can't take Luca over Jokic or Embiid or any of the four guys I mentioned before them. So I don't know. I could easily see Luca winning an MVP. He's absolutely unbelievable on offense. The thing that holds him back is obviously his defense. He he gets picked on a lot on defense and you're going to have to see that improve as he goes on in his career. And then also on offense, he struggles to play off the ball. And, like, he's so good with the ball in his hands. He can create for others. He can score for himself. But you can't, like, you just can't win that way with one guy dribbling the whole time and doing it all himself. We haven't seen that work ever in, like, the history of the NBA. And I think Luke is going to have to learn to be a better catch-and-shooter or a better – attacker just off of one or two dribbles um and and learn to play off the ball before he gets you know to that to that top three spot where we know like he has the potential to be but he has to improve his game I think off the ball and defensively I completely agree there are two things that Luca needs to change to make him like the ideal ball player and that is his weight and the way he plays in terms of he's just way too ball dominant um I really almost wholeheartedly believe that Jalen Brunson took that deal with the Knicks because I can't imagine it being that fun playing with Luka. Um, he has the highest rate usage rate in the NBA. Um, he just gets – he he controls the ball 100% of the time, and it can't be that fun to play with. And I think, like, he needs to upgrade his passing a little bit. He's an elite passer, but he doesn't do it enough. And sometimes he gets a little too busy at creating his own shot, which he's elite at as well thing that he needs to really change is his diet and I've seen pictures of him playing in Slovenia he looks fucking amazing he looks like a jacked Luca I'm seeing a hint of a six-pack there and that could be a real that could be a real game changer for us because Luca is going to be an MVP he's going to be he's going to win championships he's going to be awesome the thing is it's like when his body catches up with how good he is like just basketball wise and I think his body's starting to catch up and that's gonna be a real issue at the start of the season he was addicted to sweet tea he was fat, out of out of shape, and you could see it on the court. But you know, if he's able to mold his game, allow for Christian Wood to get some, like you know, just offensive possessions, and just allow for himself to maybe be a little bit more fun to play with, I think you could see him uh, play well. We saw an example of this with the Hawks and the Miami Heat. Like Trey Young is an extremely ball dominant player. Every they basically ran the same play every single time and it didn't work for them and you saw them get swept by the Heat. We don't want to see that happen to Luca. So Luca needs to upgrade his game and I really think he can do that. So I don't know. I'm very high on Luca. I think he's gonna be very good and I think he can be much higher on this list once he gets into shape and just is a better passer all around. I mean, uh, a hint of a six pack with Luca would be a huge I know. improvement. Fuck <laughs> before like he was he was a huge guy like. I heard that um, all he drank was sweet tea, and he just got massive. So the fact that he even has like a a, a 
one pack on a six pack, you know, is insane. I'm happy for him. They sh- they showed a picture of him, I think, like right before a playoff game of him just downing a beer yeah. with Boban, which was hilarious. But so, do you have Luca at seven like I do, or do you have him over Embiid? I have him at seven, and it's only because like Luca can easily be the best player on a championship team, I think, and uh, Embiid, I th- also think that way, but. Embiid, like, he's just a little bit more dominant, especially with the size and the defense. Luka's defense is really horrific, but if he's better in shape, a little bit quicker on his feet, I could really see Luka being, a, an, you know, like a passable two-way player and an elite offensive player and then just like an average defensive player. That makes him better than Embiid, and that'll bring him on top of the list for me. Yeah, okay, so we have we have a lot of agreement here on this top ten list. Next, I have Kawhi Leonard, and this is where it gets kind of tricky because – Kawhi's been hurt for so long and we haven't seen him play, but I still have him at eight uh, over my next two guys, and I just think he's he's so elite defensively, and he's also shown that he can show up in big moments and he can take over games. And much like KD, he's not a leader, but he is clutch, and he will show up and, and give you wins in for, big fourth quarter performances just because he's so good and so locked in. But, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the Clippers are close to title favorites. They might be uh, the best team in the league. They have an awesome roster. And if Kawhi comes back full strength with a full strength Paul George, like they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but, yeah, Kawhi, he's an amazing defender, obviously. And his shot making, his mid-range game is ridiculous um, to go along with some solid athleticism. I have Kawhi at eight. What do you think, Max? I can't disagree with you. I mean, we were all like alive and in peak viewing, uh, like viewing ability to watch uh, Kawhi and the Raptors take that championship. And what I saw from him was just a dominant player that was able to be the best player on the court every single against every single team that he played against, and you know just take over the game and win. And like it's hard to, you know push him down this list because although he's been injured and he has injury he's injury prone like he was so fucking dominant and that shot that he hit that he hit to get rid of the Sixers that's just a pure clutch gene um you mentioned the two-way ability with him one of the best defenders on the planet and one of the best offensive players on the planet combined like Kawhi at his peak is top three in this list in my opinion but you know his injuries really sidetracked him, and if he can come back and be 100%, I'm taking him top three in my opinion. He's just so good two-way, and a lot of these guys aren't two-way players. Like Steph became more of a two-way player, especially in the series against the Celtics. He put on some weight. He's able to guard our guards and our forwards pretty well, but you know he'll 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 lap guys like Luca. He'll lap guys like KD and uh, Embiid because he's so more so much more aware on defense, and he's just an elite defender. So yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, it was it it was a tough decision for me between Kawhi and Tatum because obviously I'm a Celtics fan, huge fan of Tatum, but after what we saw from Tatum in the finals, I I just he hasn't shown us the consistency that Kawhi has and even though Kawhi's been injured for a year, I'm still going to take Kawhi going into next season because Tatum, I just don't know how long it's going to take for him to realize he has to make shots in big moments and he has to create plays and he can't turn the ball over. He can't, you know, dribble into three defenders and force stuff. Um, he has to improve his decision making, but I, I have Tatum at nine after Kawhi and I love Tatum. Like he has the potential to be number one on this list one day, but for the time being, he just hasn't shown us that clutch factor and he hasn't shown us enough consistency. We've seen flashes and we've seen games where he looks like he's as good as anyone, right? Like, he looks like he could actually be the best player in the world, and then literally the next game he'll go 4 for 19 with six turnovers and be the reason the Celtics lose, and it's just hard to watch. So, I mean, Tatum's got to make some progression, but with all that said, he has so many flaws, yet I still have him ninth in the league. I mean, yeah, he's just, when you're like a 6'9", 6'10", forward that can score and play defense as well as he can, I mean, he played some of the most, like, the most basketball 
um, that anyone could play. Like he played in summer league. He played for the country. He played like um, finals. He's played more basketball than anyone else, really, and he's really held up well. I mean, obviously the the Warriors had a great game game plan against him. They shut him down. That was tough to watch, but. I really think he'll bounce back and be really, really, really good. And I could see him, like you said, being top three. He's just too elite at what he does. And he has too many uh, gifts that, like, in terms of height, athleticism, stuff like that, um, where he could just be really elite. And I'm a huge Tatum fan. I don't want us to ever get rid of him. And I really think that this finals, as much as it sucked for us as fans, I think it's good for him. It gives him, you know, a little kick in the balls to get going. So I like that pick. Yeah, so next I have another really interesting one. I have Anthony Davis, and he hasn't played basically in a year, right? Yeah. Full, like a full year off, um, same as Kawhi. I'm ranking him over guys like John Morant, uh, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Damian Lillard, um, Devin Booker, like all those guys. I, I still have Anthony Davis over all those guys despite his injuries. I just think when he's fully healthy – He's unbelievable on defense. Uh, he can shoot the ball. I know the last time we saw him, he was struggling shooting, but I think that was just a slump. I know AD can shoot, and I know he can get buckets on anyone. He also, when we saw the Lakers championship run, he completely shut down Jokic. Like, he actually fully dominated Nikola Jokic, which was super impressive. I think AD, that year when the Lakers won the championship, was a top-five player in the league. I have him tenth now. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to see what he gives us this season. I'm hoping he can, you know, get back to how good he was. But we'll see. It it was super tough because, like Jimmy Butler's so good, John Morant's so good, Devin Booker, all those guys. Um, but going into next season, I th- I think despite the injuries and all of his flaws, I'm still gonna go with Anthony Davis because he's just so freakishly talented. Yeah, see, the thing with me is I th- I think I'm taking Jimmy Butler here, and it's unfortunate because I love Anthony Davis, and if he's healthy, he's really, really good. But the way he plays the game, the amount of weight he's put on his frame, I just don't see him being that healthy. Hopefully he can get his shit together and maybe be a much healthier player. But to me, I would if, if you had to give me the option between Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler on my basketball team, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. The guy shows up every single night. He gives a shit. He brings a great attitude to the locker room. Some some an attitude that like people disagree with, but in my my opinion, it's probably mostly losers that disagree with him. He's a winner at heart. He just wants to win. And I love Jimmy Butler. He can get you a bucket. It's never gonna be pretty, but I don't know. Anthony Davis, most of his game is very pretty, and then he also gets very injured all the time. And Jimmy Butler's the complete opposite. Very durable. Um just gross way of getting to the rim every every uh point he scores is difficult and because of that i just i just really like jimmy butler i think you have him in your locker room you have him on your team he automatically elevates the floor of that team and just makes them a better team overall and i don't know if anthony davis is a winner you know he has a history of maybe uh not playing to his hardest and you know he won that championship with lebron but as much as you can like as as awesome as that is, uh, it wasn't like he was that amazing in that run. So yeah. Okay, so I disagree with a little bit of what you said there. First of all, AD was phenomenal during that run. I thought he he did everything the Lakers needed him to do. He he had big fourth quarters. He had huge performances. He was the Finals MVP through probably the first three or four games until LeBron really got going. Uh, and the thing with Jimmy Butler. He has those amazing games where he takes over and there's nothing you can do to stop him. And he he looks like the best player in the world. Like, literally can't miss a shot, amazing on defense, great passing, does everything right. And then the next night he can come out and score 10 points and, and have bad efficiency. That's that's my issue with Butler is he doesn't do it every night. And he can't. He He's not good enough to do it every night. It's just he has some sort of, like, will and, like, third – or sixth sense where he he just turns it on and can't miss a shot. Um, but let's move on now. One guy I want to talk about, I, I just Googled a list of the top ten best NBA players, and this was written 
a long time ago, right when James Harden was traded from the Nets. And they have James Harden at six. And I just want to say, James Harden didn't sniff my top ten. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. Like, James Harden's not what he used to be. He's not fast enough. He doesn't have that speed to take the guys off the dribble, beat them off the dribble, and get to the rim. Um, you know, he just wasn't really great with Philly. I like that he took that pay cut. You and I were talking about that before. I respect that. Um, like, I want to see him be successful, but in order to do that, he's going to have to play to his game. I just don't think he's good enough to be um, top 10, especially with his lack of athleticism and just the way he plays the game. He has a very, uh, like, he just often quits on his teammates. I'm not a huge fan of that, and I don't know. I hope he wins something, but only if he, like, gives a shit and tries. He just didn't look that great when he was with the uh, Sixers and I mean, he looked awesome with the Rockets for a little bit, but before he got traded, uh, he looked pretty awesome with the Nets, but I don't like the idea of him getting fat on purpose to get traded. That's kind of bullshit, and I don't know. I'm just not super high on James Harden. I think at this point in his career, I think Harden has to be your third option on offense for you to win a championship, and that is just so absurd for us to be saying after he he won two MVPs, right? And he scored, like, he averaged 35 and 36 points a game in, in two separate seasons. Like, he was the most prolific scorer in the NBA. And now he can't create a shot. He can't get an open look. And even when we saw him with the Nets, he wasn't scoring that much because they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie. But he was, like, 22 and 11 assists or something. Like, he was playing great, and he was fitting very nicely into that role. And once he, you know, pulled his hamstring and then went to Philly – He's just this completely different player. It's like, I don't even know if he's top 20 in the league at this point. I I don't think he is, honestly. Like, he, you just can't pay him as much as you pay these superstars. And Harden finally acknowledged that and, and took a pay cut, which is good for him. Um, but we'll see what happens this coming year. I mean, he's, he's not going to be the scorer that he once was, obviously. And I don't even know if he can score, like, like 22 points on efficient shooting at this point. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the way he played the game when he was elite. Like, it's not really fun to me to watch, you know, a guy hunt for fouls, you know, and take a bunch of dumb shots that he doesn't expect to go in just to get three free throws. Um, Never been really a big, huge Harden fan. Uh, I just thought that, you know, he wouldn't – I don't think he could ever be a number one on a title-winning team, even when – his best in Houston. I just hated the way he played the game. And hopefully he changes his uh, style around, like you said. Maybe he can, you know, um, just work on everything that he needs to work on. But I don't know. Hopefully him taking the pay cut and uh, maybe he optimizes what he's trying to do and just be a better player overall. But, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Harden. But if he – I don't think he'll ever crack the top ten again. But if he's able to, like – be a solid number two or number three on a team, I could see that happening for him pretty good. So.